13, Romans chapter 13 is where we're going to go. And uh, I'm not sure, uh, let's see, Michael will be back next week, but next week we start a missions conference. And of course, Michael will be preaching uh, during the missions conference some, and uh, Brother Curtis Hall will be speaking uh, most of the time uh, through the conference. And uh, then also... Uh, Brother Rob Foreman uh, will be here Wednesday night to present the uh, Bible printing ministry that's up here in Shelbyville, Tennessee. And so uh, <clears throat> those men, those three men will be here, and we're gonna. But the, Brother Foreman will just be here just Wednesday night, and he'll turn around and leave Thursday morning. He's got a conference that he's got at his church, but he's breaking away just to come to present that ministry. He really believes in it. Uh, God's really using. Uh, that ministry. So this is Romans chapter 13, though. If you go to Romans chapter 13, a uh, very important chapter of the, of the Bible. It's one of those that uh, you, you kind of struggle with depending on who's in power. And uh, it's, uh, it's a pretty tough one. But uh, Romans chapter 13, if we begin there, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God, the powers that be, are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, he uh, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is a minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, you must needs be subject not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. And uh, the, that first portion of the, of the scripture, it actually goes through a couple more verses, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's about as far as we're going to get tonight, so I'm going to stop there. Father, I pray that you're blessed tonight. Please guide my mind, my thoughts, and, and Lord, uh, uh, help me to, to be a blessing to the folks here tonight. Spirit of God, I need you. Uh, every moment, every time I open my mouth to teach the Word of God, I can't do it. I need your power, your strength, your guidance. So please bless here tonight. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. It said, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Now, subject, that's subjection or subordinate. It's saying every soul Every one of us uh, is it, applying to everybody that exists on this planet. Every soul be subject to the higher powers. And so it is very, very important. A higher power is a higher or supreme authority. And so in every area and every organization, every, you know, in the state and city and the federal, and no matter where you go, and that's kind of the, the picture we'll draw tonight, the city, state, and federal levels of law or ordinances or that type of thing. But, but, but as you go th through any, anything in life, uh, you've got a so to speak, a supreme authority. You have somebody who's finally at the top everywhere except marriage. And so, uh, amen. And so, now, uh, powers is jurisdiction and authority. And so, it, it's, it, you're, this authority is over different areas, different responsibilities, different places. 
Now, here's the, the first thing you got to realize about this passage of Scripture. It says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. This is very important. Powers is plural. And when you look at that, it says powers. powers. And so what, is, what it's telling us already is that there's not one power that, we're, that God's talking about at this moment. He's talking about various levels of power. He's talking about one power uh, in an area or a jurisdiction and another power in another area of jurisdiction. Or maybe there's powers that kind of overlap, but one, one supersedes another. And so God says you, you are to be subject or subject yourself unto these higher powers. They're telling us uh, there are levels and jurisdictions of powers. Now, in, in simplification, just as an illustration, this is not an absolute, but just kind of a, a little bit of an illustration. Uh, you know, a lot of times you'll have what, what they call a city ordinance. Like Memphis will have some ordinances. You know, if you go and research them, there's probably some city ordinances you can't spit on the sidewalk. Uh, you know, nobody enforces it, but there's probably some city ordinance out there that says that. And there's different kinds of city ordinances out there. Then you, then you have uh, state laws. And, uh, of course, you know, the states and then the state laws vary, and you have to check, you know, depending on uh, what you're doing in a certain state, or, you know, they have different laws, and, and they, they change from state to state, different jurisdictions and state. And, and then you have federal. And so what you have is, is and again, this is not always this way, but, but you kind of have a level of powers there. You have, uh, if a state law contradicts a city ordinance, then the state law is going to supersede that city ordinance. And and, and uh, in most cases, and, and not totally because of states' rights, but, but, but your state law, a lot of times a, a federal uh, a decision will, will override that state law. And so it's a higher power. So you kind of have these you know, levels of powers, and God says to submit or subject yourself to the higher power. And so uh, you've got... Uh, you know, you've got a state supreme court, and that's you know, that's wonderful. That's pretty high power in that state, but 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 that that's not the highest uh, court that they can go to. Then they can go to a regional, and then they can go to the the federal supreme court, and, and you so you're going different powers, and and one can be overturned by somebody who is higher. And God says you've got to submit to the higher power, whatever the higher power is. That's what you're supposed to submit to. So if one contradicts, a, the, a one that's lower contradicts ones that's higher, you submit to the one that's higher. And so, uh, it's, 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 and again, it's, this is not an absolute illustration, but it's a pretty good illustration of what God's talking about. Now, the, the key is the next portion of Scripture. It says, for there's no power singular. Look at it right there. It says, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there's no power, singular, but of God. So you got all these levels and all these jurisdictions and all these places that people are in power. People have different levels of power. And, you, you know, uh, when, I, when I was a police officer and, and Carrierville, the uh, uh, you know it wasn't probably eight thousand people back there then, but you know they, the the mayor was powerful uh, back then because he kind of just ruled everything back in in Carrierville. I found that 
out as a police officer. So, uh, uh, because I arrested one of his friends. And so, the, um, <laughs> you know, it's a bad situation when the mayor comes in to bail out a guy you arrested at 3 o'clock in the morning. I still remember him coming in with his pajama legs hanging out of his pants. And so, uh, I, it, things did not go well for me after that. So, but, uh, but I was just kind of one of those unique people that thought the law applied to everybody. So, but, uh, but now the, fa- the fact is, is though, you get in some little small area and, and, and they feel so powerful, but in reality, there are higher powers above them. And uh, you go all the way to, uh, you know, President of our United States, and no matter who it is, he may think he's really powerful, but there's somebody above him. And because no power comes to anybody but through God. Because all power that exists, exists because of God. All power is because of God. And so, this, uh, now, notice it's, it's, there's no power, it's singular, no power other than God. It, it says this power, singular, and that's God. All power that exists in this world, everyone who is in power is allowed to be in power because of the power of God. So everybody that's in power, and let's continue to read and you see it, it says, for there's no power but of God, and then this is kind of a tough one to accept sometimes, the powers that be are ordained of God. Now that's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to, to believe that sometimes that people with so much evil in them, yet they are in power. And I'm not even talking about America. I mean, we're still in, in sort of decent condition compared. There are countries right now with dictators who are in power. But this says that anybody that's in power, it was ordained by God. How do you like that? This were ordained by God. It was orchestrated by God. It means that God appointed them. God determined it. God said it. We're quiet tonight. How are y'all doing? You know, when Ahab and Jezebel, and I'm not talking about Bill and Hillary. Uh, the, uh, no, when Ahab and Jezebel were in power, God ordained that. And it's hard for us to grasp, but here's what we have to understand. God is in control of everything. And if he doesn't allow it, it doesn't happen. So anything that does happen, he has to allow it. And he says when it comes to the powers, the governmental powers we normally think of, the governmental powers, God says, listen to me before you... Before we even go any further past verse 1, he's saying you better get ready. you got to understand this real clearly. He said there is no power. Even though all these powers are on different levels, there is no power except mine. So anybody who has power, I let them have it. Amen, anybody? Okay. The powers that be, they, that be in power, that those powers that be in power are ordained of God, appointed, determined, or set by God. This is so hard to believe or understand when there are people and organizations in power that are so evil. But we have to understand that God often uses the ungodly to bring judgment to his people. 
God uses wicked leadership to bring his people to the point where they understand they need him. Did you know that, that in the, if you look through the book of Judges, what you'll find is that, that uh, God allowed people to take over the people of Israel, to take them captive and put it, to oppress them. And, and, and they were in slavery and, and, and all kinds of things, uh, horrible things happened to them. And, and you know what hap- caused that, what all that oppression caused them to do? Caused them to cry out to God. And so when they cried out to God, God sent a deliverer. And you know what he's wanting? He's not wanting the people hurt. He's wanting to get the people broken so they'll cry out to him. He's been trying to do that. And I'll be honest with you, the only reason that we even exist today as a country, America still exists today, is because there has been a remnant that still comes to a point that cries out to God. And God says, you know what? I hear your cries, and I'm going to give you a stay of judgment. But forgive me, but it, it just, truthfully, God has been incredibly merciful because our crying out to him does not last very long. Usually the Israelites, they'd cry out to God and then they would have a leader that would come in and they would be 20 to 40 years. They, they kind of kept, kept their eyes sort of focused on God before they turned back. We cry out to God. God gives us something, you know, uh, kind of gives us a little reprieve and we turn our back in 24 hours. I've given this illustration before, but it was so vivid, uh, so amazing. I'm pretty sure it was 1990 when the Persian Gulf War was first taking place, and and uh, I was in an evening college class, and man, it was it was everybody's talking about the end time, right place, right you know, right people, everything going on. And I had about uh, 25 men in this class, and and <clears throat> we were kind of discussing it. But but uh, uh, but as they, as they were going on, man, everybody was talking about end time, end time, end time, end time, and 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 man, this is going to be the war, and this is going to be the Third World War, and it's going to be uh, you know Armageddon and all these kind of things they were talking about, and what you know. Uh, a lot of it wasn't, wasn't even scriptural, but they were talking about it. And, and so uh, we were, it was all going on and on and on. And then and, and I, I told the men, I said, you know, I'm thrilled that our nation, even our president, called for a day of prayer. And so many people were talking about it. And so many people were praying because at this end time, we better get ready. And even with the sailors, when we bring them in, man, they were getting saved by the droves because they're going to get out of, you know, they're going to get out of school. They're going to be shipping out to this war that's going on over there. And they had to be ready. Man, they were getting saved like crazy. And it was all this going on. And one night I stood before the men and I said, but men, you watch it. You watch. As soon as we're delivered from this, we're going to turn our backs on God. And man, the whole nation was crying out. And then we were in class that, that night when, when they were reporting that the Patriot missiles were knocking those Scud missiles out of the sky. That they were sending those Scud missiles and our Patriot missiles. And all the, you, you heard it, it was our incredible technology. And they were praising 
Reagan, and I'm glad that he did. He built up our army, and I'm glad that he did that. But it all became a praise of our technology and a praise of our military and a praise of our ability. And I looked at the men, and I said that day, Bush, I think it was, was running. He had a 90% approval rating, and he was about a year away or less than a year away from, a, from the election process. And, and, and he had a 90% approval rating, and I looked at him, and I said, he will not win. I told him that in the class. I said, he won't win because God is going to bring judgment upon us. Because the moment God spared us, we started praising ourselves. And and Bush went from a 90% approval rating to losing that election to somebody that may or may not have been a very good person. Now, in other words, a people get what they deserve. That's what we get. Every election, it doesn't matter what election it is, we get what we deserve. You say, well, do we really deserve what's been going on? We, God thinks so. Apparently he thinks so because it couldn't happen unless he did it. And I'll be honest with you, that's why people are so wrong to be fighting against what God ordained. And I don't care who it was. It wasn't right for any of us to fight against what God ordained eight years ago. It's not right for them to fight against what God ordained today. Or what he's going to ordain in three more years, if we're still here. God has been amazingly merciful to America in that there has been some seeking of God, crying out to God during times of evil leaders. But we right now uh, are faced with only three options in America. And, that, and Romans leads us to this. That's the return of Christ, the destruction of America, or revival. And we're trying to have revival. Amen? During these times, and sadly, the great destruction of America appears to be coming during our lifetime. God has, but during these times and all that we're facing right now, God has a very, has very definitive instructions for us. It begins in verse 2. Look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, whosoever, again, anybody, doesn't make any difference who you are, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. Whosoever is this command applies to all of us. Whosoever resisteth the power. I want you to notice again, this, is, this word power is singular. Now, I believe it's power is singular. It could mean a specific level of power, that any specific level of power that you, that you resist. But I believe ultimately it means that, that when you resist any level of power, you are resisting the power. And so, regardless, when we resist the ordinance of God, the disposition or arrangement of God, we shall receive damnation. Now, that word damnation really means judicial judgment. It's like going to court. And so God says, if you resist the power that he's placed in power, you resist it, he said, you're going to face judgment judicial judgment you know they 
they have a uh, speed limit. Anybody know that? Different places have speed limit. And if it's not marked, normally, and, I, and I've been away from the state too long, but normally if it's unmarked and it's 35 miles an hour, but uh, uh, is that still right, Benji? So, okay, so uh, that was a long time ago in land far, far away when I did this. So, the, um, but, you know, you got speed limits. And watch this. You can drive whatever speeds you want to. But if you do, you resist the power and Betsy will stop you. You go fast enough, she will arrest you. Now, that's what God's saying. He's saying, look, you resist the power, whatever that level of power is. You resist it, you're going to come into judgment. Now, in this context, it's judicial judgment. This is what this Romans chapter 13 is really talking about. It's more of a political power, uh, of a you know, legal power. Uh, that's what it's really talking about. Of course, this applies to every area. It applies to the church even. You know, it applies in the home. You resist the power, there's going to be... God says you're resisting Him. He set the structure up. You resist it, you resist Him. That's hard for us to face, isn't it? Now, the, go back to our illustration of city ordinances, state laws, federal laws. If you think about these now, you, you have these levels, and if, if one supersedes another, then you've got to yield to the higher power. But now this is what's so important here tonight. We can go all the way to the federal Supreme Court, and what that court decrees, if, that, if what that federal Supreme Court of the United States, if the decision they make violates this book, we have a higher power. Therefore, we're to submit ourselves to the higher power. You know, all over this nation, believe it or not, and unfortunately we don't have it here, but all over this nation they, they have uh, different cities, townships, different things. They'll have um, a, an ordinance against soul winning. Now, most of them will, will state them because, uh, matter of fact, when I was the first Christian, I was a police officer, and I had the, 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 the police called on me because I was out knocking on doors in Cairo. And one of my fellow police officers, didn't know it was me, came up, and he said, man, what in the world are you doing? And I said, I'm out visiting for the church. He said, you can't do that. I said, do what? He said, you can't, you can't knock on doors and, and do that. These people don't want that. I said, I don't care if they want it or not. I have the right to do it. I said, not only do I have a right to do it, I'm commanded to do it. He said, who commanded you? I said, God. And I looked at, my, at this guy that I worked with, and I said, I said, he said, but you can't. He said, I've been sent out here. I didn't know it was going to be you, but I've been sent out here. To, to tell them they've got to stop. So the people that are with you, you've got to stop. And I looked at him and I said, you go back and you better go back and talk to the chief, not some subordinate. I said, you better go talk to the chief because this, what we're doing, is a command of God and it's constitutionally protected. Amen. 
Now watch this. If they ever get to the point that they decide it's not constitutionally protected, we're still supposed to do it. You still go. Now, I, folks, I, I, I'm not just talking up here. I've, I've faced this. I used to joke, I've been back in more squad cars since I became a preacher than I have as a police officer. I tell everybody, at one day I was, I, was, I was placed under arrest five times in one day. You say, how's that possible? A guy came up, I'm on the sidewalk, and I'm witness outside Great Lakes Naval Base, and the base didn't want me, and, and so I'm outside uh, you know, and the base has different rules there, so I'm outside on the sidewalk. Well, you know what? A public sidewalk is exactly that. It's a public sidewalk. Now, there's some things I can't do. If, that's a, if this is a sidewalk right here, I can't stand in the middle of it and block it and make somebody go around me in the street. That's, that's endangering them. I can't do that. But as long as I don't block the sidewalk, I'm doing nothing illegal. And they, an officer came up to me, and he said, he said, you're under arrest. I said, for what? He said, you can't be out here on the sidewalk uh, talking to people. And I said, oh, yeah, I can. He said, no, you can't. And I said, wait a minute, time out. Yes, I can. And he said, no, you aren't. You're under arrest. And I said, okay. I started walking with him toward the car. He stopped and started cussing at me. And I said, what are you cussing at me for? He said, you're under arrest. I said, okay. And I started walking. And, and he stopped and started cussing at me and telling me all I was doing wrong. I said, now, wait a minute. Am I under arrest? He said, you're under arrest. I said, for what? He said, for disturbing the peace. Disturbing the peace? We walked a little further, and he stopped and started cussing at me again. And I said, what are you saying to me now? And he said, I'm telling you, you're under arrest. Four times. We got to the car, and he said, you're under arrest. I said, Look, man, I've had enough. Either I'm under arrest or I'm not. He said, he said, what do you mean? I said, listen, my degree is in criminal justice. I said, do you have one? I said, because first of all, 1980, a, a disturbing the, the peace was ruled a vague law. So you can arrest me for it, but you're going to have a hard time proving it because nobody knows what the peace is. And I said, so listen to me. You placed me under arrest five times. Now, either I am or I'm not. If I am, I'm getting in the car. If I'm not, I'm leaving now. And I turned and walked off, and he let me go. <laughs> now, the fact is, if they tell us we can't go soul winning, we got to go. We go anyway because God commanded us to. And I'll give you this illustration. We'll be done today, but... If the government in any, at any level came and said we could not run our buses any longer, if the city of Memphis said no church can run a bus, you know what you do? Now let me help you. I got I to gotta submit to the higher powers. And you're going to have a hard time looking in that Bible and showing me anywhere where God commands me to bring kids in on a bus. He doesn't. 
This is a hard one for good fundamental Baptists to swallow. But the truth is, I'm to submit and take them to court. I'm to submit to what they just told me and take them to court. You say, but, but wait a minute, we got to pick up those kids. I wonder what it would do a bunch of churches if we didn't run a bus and everybody started picking up people. I didn't run a bus tonight. I brought six of them in. Hello? And I really could need your help to somebody else to bring those in so I'm not late for church. But this is a hard thing to grasp, and there's several other things like that. In some areas, I won't even tell you about because you really get mad. But the, uh, but the fact is, is that we have to go to the higher power. And the only time I can say that I've gone to the higher power is if God contradicts them. But he never says, thou shalt put children on a bus. He doesn't even say, thou shalt put children on a chariot. He didn't tell us how to get them here. Are y'all okay with that? That's what he said to do. He told me to submit, and that's a hard thing to do. Do you know, I, I guarantee you when they built these buildings, they probably inspected it. Can I tell you? You can fight them all day long over the fact that you don't need that door or you don't need one more light or you don't need one more plug or you don't need it six feet away from another one. But you know what you're going to have to do? Submit. Because there's nothing in there that tells you that you're supposed to fight it. Are you all Okay. And we do a lot better, according to what the Bible says, we would do a lot better if we didn't fight the power. You see, if you continue on looking, and I'll just say this because it says, For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. The good works are when you yield to the power that you're supposed to yield to. God says, that's good. You yield to them. Even if it's this low power, you know, all the way down here to Memphis, and Memphis says, this is what you got to do. If it doesn't violate here, now I'm not saying you just give up and give in. You get every, you get every Christian law association, you get everybody you can, and you go to court. I listen to them every day. And, and there, there's... They just arrested, watch this now, they just arrested some, some young people on a college campus. They arrested them for handing out copies of the Constitution. They have a constitutional right to hand out the Constitution. But they arrested them. But watch what I said, though. They have a constitutional right. So you know what they have to do? They have to obey what they've been told and take it to court. 
You don't say, well, I'll be back tomorrow with it. Well, if you do, they'll arrest you tomorrow. Because right now, that's what the authority has said. And nowhere in here does it say, thou shalt pass out a copy of the Constitution. Our Constitution gives us that right. And watch this. When they violate your constitutional right, you're, you're, you always submit to the authority and then use that Constitution in the court system. And they said, the, the people I listened to today said, we will win this one. We win 100% of these cases. He said, but... They still do it. Are you all right? Everybody's kind of staring at me. I, um, it's so much more in here, but it's late. We'll get to it next time. Uh, I don't know when tech, next time will be, but next time. Amen. Uh, don't forget now. Did my wife give you something to remind him? Okay. All right. He's going to come remind us and pray.